Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me internationally acclaimed multidisciplinary artist and author, David Drebin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And today we're going to talk about how to establish yourself as a powerful brand. It's a good topic. There's a lot of startups out there and companies and businesses that came out of the pandemic and trying to establish themselves as a powerful brand. Maybe they succeeded or maybe they didn't. What are maybe like the top couple tips you can give our listeners or people watching on how they can establish themselves as a powerful brand? I think the most important thing is to have unbelievable self-belief and really love what you do. And so all of your decisions have to be like an emphatic yes. So for me, I don't really do maybe or it's either emphatic yes or no. And there's nothing really in between. So I think that you have to really love what you do. And then you you have to love what you do first. And then the brand just sort of evolves from loving what you do. You can't start with a brand. You have to start with loving what you do first. And then it evolves from there like a, a snowball going down a hill. You have yeah, to start at the like bottom. A of, it's like no- a level of confidence almost. Like you have to be confident about what you're doing and believe in your vision is kind of what it sounds like, right? It all starts with a with with a with with a vision and incredible drive and plan and relentless perseverance and pursuit. The problem nowadays is people want to start at the top of the mountain, but you have to start from the bottom and there really is no top of the mountain. Yeah. And it's about the process and not just the results. Yeah, people always say uh, enjoy the journey and not the destination. You know, they're saying people are looking for shortcuts and there are no shortcuts in life. There are no shortcuts in business. You got to put in the work. I mean, you were a New York City waiter and you hustled and worked and grinded to get to be one of the most famous photographers and artists in the world. Take me through that process. What was that like? Well, what's interesting is sometimes I actually really miss being a waiter because I miss the social aspect. And sometimes I go to restaurants and I ask the maitre d' if they'll let me work for them for nothing, <laughs> for nothing. Because I, I missed, I miss serving 30, 40, 50 people at a time and solving those problems because solving those problems was the foundation for solving all the problems in this art business that I'm in. Right. So I secretly miss being a waiter sometimes and miss the social interactions. I literally, Ask sometimes if I can work as a waiter just for the night, just to talk to people. Right. And you mentioned, uh, you know, having to like really work hard to get to a certain level. Now that takes endurance, especially in the art industry. Like for people who don't really know much about it, it's competitive and it's, there's, it's also very tough to get into a gallery, for example. So how did, how did you realize that you had the talent that you needed and the endurance to get to a certain level? Well, that's a really great question. The, the thing for me is I never thought about any other competition except my own reflection. So mm. competition is only with my own effort yesterday. And in terms of endurance, I never thought about endurance because the moment I found photography back in the early 90s, I knew that was my life mission. Mm. So it's not about competition. It's not about endurance. It's about passion perseverance and relentless pursuit over time. 
And how do you get through the challenges and the roadblocks? I mean, everything isn't roses and peaches. It's going to, you're going to hit the thorns and you're going to have the pits. So how do you get past those? Cause you know, people give up all the time. I love challenges. I don't want anything to be easy. So I'm always in competition with my former self and my current self and my future self. So I love solving problems. And if you're not a problem solver, you'll never be a successful entrepreneur in mm -hmm. any field ever. Yeah, problem you solving to, is a big one. Yeah, you have to love you have to love figuring out what the problem is and figuring out what the solution is. I love solving problems. Love solving problems. Now, did you think back when you said early early nineties you were doing photography? But did you think that when you had your show in two thousand four, that El Elton John was going to buy half of your pieces? I mean, was that even like a thought, or was it just like a surprise? And and how did your career take off after that? When Elton John bought my pieces at a gallery in LA in two thousand four, that was a moment that I didn't expect. But at the same time, I wasn't really surprised because I think if you're great at what you do, whatever you do, you build the brand and the people will come. So it's not yeah. about Elton John or any other famous person. I sold my work to many famous people all over the world. But to me, everyone is a potential collector. I don't care if they're famous or they're not. I'm not fame chasing and I don't care about that stuff. But a lot of people do. I just treat everyone the same. And I learned that from being a waiter because I used to serve movie stars every single night uptown in New York City. But it didn't matter to me if they were movie stars or a regular. I treat everybody the same way. Yeah, it's the way to be. And, you know, going back to our topic, how to establish yourself as a powerful brand. I mean, how do you even figure out what your brand is in the first place? You have to just start. And a lot of people are really scared to start. I just started and I made photograph after photograph after photograph. And then looking back, it all made sense to me. So I had a vision that I have been executing for many, many years through trial and error and relentless obsession. So looking back, it all makes sense. But at the time, I was just pursuing my passion. Right. You know, some people might say that the reason why they can't come up with a brand in the first place is because they can't separate themselves from their idea. So let's say, you know, going away from art for a minute and going into like a product oriented business or a service based business, somebody has an idea for something, but they're so connected and passionate about that idea that they can't disconnect to create the brand to put out in the public. So how do you establish that brand identity whether it's a logo, a name, a slogan, a vision, how do you come up with that if you're just, you know, it's you behind the brand? How do you do that? Well, first of all, I never thought I was a brand until I was a brand, number one. <laughs> and number two, I made photographs because I love making photographs. And then I realized all these years, all these years later, that I was a product. So at first, I saw myself as a person who had a passion, but in the end, I became a product that was consumed by people who collected art all over the world. And I realized I was a brand when I became a brand, but that's not why I started. Yeah. But you know, you're mentioning photography and there's a lot of photographers out there, especially nowadays, everybody's got a smartphone with three cameras on it. And you know, 
even I'm I'm a I'm a victim, man. I had a DSLR camera for a decade. I finally sold it because I just stopped using it. And so how do you become the best at photography when there are so many quote unquote photographers out there? That's a great question. The answer to that question is many years ago when I was doing service work where companies would hire me for advertising campaigns all over the world, I realized that I was a service and I wanted to make a transition from being a service to creating a very limited edition product. And a lot of photographers are services that can be hired. Mm -hmm. You can't really hire me anymore because I have a product and I market my product in a very limited edition through the finest galleries around Mm -hmm. the world. That's a totally big, that's a big difference. Like, I mean, I've made a couple of films and those are products that I would sell that, you know, or I offer. And then for me to be hired as like a wedding photographer, I don't do that. You know what I mean? So I kind of see what you're saying. So you're saying for anybody out there listening or watching who has a skill, let's say they have a skill and people are hiring them for that skill. You're saying there's a way to detach the skill and make it more of like a limited art piece or some kind of nope. product that no nope. okay so this, this this is what i'm saying i realize it's much better to create a product than be a service so i made the transition from being a service where you could hire me for a day rate mm-hmm. to creating a product that had a price in a very limited edition distributed through the finest galleries around the world the key is to be a product and not a service and all these photographers who were a service for so many years, one day you're relevant, the next day you're not. And it's all about being liked far more than being great. And that's what I realized in the late 90s and the 2000s in New York. If someone didn't love my work but didn't like me, there was a chance they wouldn't hire me again. And I didn't like that business model. I like the business model of having a product and being great. If I don't like the CEO of Coca-Cola, I'm still going to drink a Diet Coke. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the way I think. Be right. the product. Don't be a service. That makes sense. I mean, I, I would regret not asking about uh, you working with some some A-list stars. I mean, all of us in the technology field, for example, we look up to people like Steve Jobs. So uh, you worked with Steve Jobs in some capacity. What was that experience like? What What did he or Apple come to you for? I mean, you're saying you're you're a product, not a service. So that means that they looked for you for some sort of creative inspiration, I'm assuming. What I was that like? Photo- I, when I was still doing service photography in the early 2000s, Newsweek hired me and flew me to San Francisco, to Cupertino, California, to photograph Steve Jobs for the launch of the original iPod. Wow. I was a service. I was being hired. He was spectacular. But that being said, I photographed many A-list stars all over the world. Some are great. Some are difficult. Some of them have PR with them that are extremely difficult to deal mm. with. Sometimes it's best not to meet your heroes. And other times it's great to meet your heroes. You just never know what the attitude is going to be like or the chemistry and the politics dealing with celebrities and PR teams that I generally don't love dealing with because they get in the way of my vision. Like what kind of things were they doing? Is it is it kind of like they weren't uh, they weren't like agreeing with the way you wanted to shoot the pictures? Was it more like they had their own ideas? They wouldn't let you be creative. Like 
they were being mean to you? Like what, what kind of things were happening? Well, the, the thing about dealing with PR people with celebrities is sometimes you have to explain your vision. And back in the early days, I have to explain my vision and they may not have agreed to my vision and they would have suggested an idea that I didn't necessarily agree with. So it was a lot of ego. I'm the photographer. I have an idea that I want to execute. And the PR person on behalf of the celebrity says, we don't want to do that idea. We want to do this idea. And I say, I want to do my idea. And that's when I realized I'd rather be great and not be liked than be liked and not, not be, be great. great. That's a good way to look at it. Speaking of being great, I mean, you're using your creativity to impact the world. Um, how do you do that? And how do you also stay creative? Because as a creative person myself, we go through ups and downs. We might get disillusioned. Uh, maybe something we make might not impact as much as we hoped it did. And we put a lot of time and effort into our projects. So how do you stay focused? How do you maintain your creativity? How do you find your purpose? How do you keep chugging along, man? Th those are a lot of questions. But I will say that I don't have creative blocks. And I don't really think about how I impact the world. I just create different products, whether they're photographs, diamond dust pieces, neon installations, etchings on glass, or sculptures, because I love to create these first for myself as the audience. Once I approve them for myself as the audience, then I show the world the work. But I am my number one audience first. I do this for me, and I'm extremely hard on myself. And once I approve my products and the art that I've made, then I market it to the world, but only after I approve it. And I am my harshest critic. That's the key. You need to be your harshest critic. The end. Yeah, no, that's it. It sounds like that's how you establish yourself as a powerful brand. It's like make yourself a product, not a service. Critique yourself. Make amazing products that people will love. Maybe don't be the nicest person, but be great. Listen. Sounds like a I'll lot of good this. stuff. No one could ever be harder on me than myself. You have to be your own best and worst critic. Yeah. And that's what I am for myself. I'm extremely, extremely critical of myself and it's never really good enough. Ever. I get it. That's awesome, David. Thank you. And where can people find out more about you and your art? You can follow me at David Drebin, D-R-E-B-I-N on Instagram or daviddrebin.com on TikTok or David Drebin on Twitter. And my website's daviddrebin.com. Awesome. Thank you, man. And hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode and we'll see you guys in the next one. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.